People that have upper airway resistance syndrome will suffer with metabolic disorders, i.e. leads to weight gain and metabolic changes like insulin resistance and risk for diabetes, cardiovascular consequences, so it actually causes strain on the heart, which we're going to talk about, and it obviously leads to daytime sleepiness, fatigue, brain fog. We also see headaches, migraines, fibromyalgia is commonly diagnosed, IBS, anxiety, and depression. So what's really happening here? Welcome to This Functional Life, a show for women just like you, who are ready for more health, vitality, passion, purpose. We're going to deconstruct norms, uncover your deepest desires, harness your physical and mental health, and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what you want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, part magician, and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking complex science and making it easy to understand and integrate into daily life. Join the journey to make this chapter the best ever. Let's get thriving. Welcome to This Functional Life. Today, I'm answering one simple question. It is the little diagnosed and unfortunately often misunderstood sleep problem that you may be dealing with, particularly if you are one of those people that wake up in the middle of the night and have interrupted sleep, daytime sleepiness, brain fog, oh, and if you're a woman. So what I'm going to talk about today is upper airway resistance syndrome. Now, this is very personal to me. Uh, if you've seen pictures of me or you've happened to watch me on video, at least the recording of this video, I have an awesome set of braces on. Yes, I have a grill at 52. And the real reason why I have these braces is because I actually was diagnosed with upper airway resistance syndrome. And I went through the process of palate expansion and having braces put back on to change the anatomy of my mouth and palate and airway. And so this is near and dear to me because I struggled with sleep problems my entire life. And now that I know what's really going on, this has really been a problem since I was a child. So let me tell you what upper airway resistance syndrome is, and then I'll explain how it was obvious for me. Upper airway resistance syndrome, also known as UARS, is a disorder that has a, a bunch of different symptoms that are all together, but it is a sleep-related breathing disorder. Unlike obstructive sleep apnea, we don't see these high periods of what they call oxygen desaturation, meaning if you were getting a sleep study, how obstructive sleep apnea is diagnosed is these events where we lose oxygen saturation. So your oxygen may go from 97 to 90, let's say, during that period. Upper air resistance often doesn't show up with a decrease in oxygen saturation on a sleeping test. And so it often gets missed, and I, myself included, and many other people that have gone through sleep studies have been told, hey, you don't really have any apneic events. You might have mild sleep apnea, or that's not really it. You're in the normal range. But people that have upper airway resistance syndrome will suffer with metabolic disorders, i.e. leads to weight gain, and metabolic changes like insulin resistance and risk for diabetes cardiovascular consequences, so it actually causes strain on the heart, which we're going to talk about, and it obviously leads to daytime sleepiness, fatigue, brain fog. We also see headaches, migraines, fibromyalgia is commonly diagnosed, IBS, anxiety, and depression. So what's really happening here? 
when we look at upper airway resistance, what's really happening is in your airway. So think of your nose and your mouth. We have an airway going from the nose down through the throat into the lungs. And the mouth also meets that. And the size and diameter of that air pipe is dependent on a couple of things. Some of it is your size. So if you are a very petite woman, let's say, you're going to have a smaller airway than a six foot four man. So women are more likely to be diagnosed with upper airway resistance syndrome because of our structural smallness, right? We are smaller in size and stature. The other things that can lead to this is placement of the jaw and how your teeth align and the alignment of the palate. So in a lot of cases, upper airway resistance can be from early dental work. In my particular case, I was a little kid. I used to joke that I looked like a shark because I did not have enough room for my teeth as my baby teeth were coming in. I had a very crowded jawline of teeth and I had a very high palate. And as a matter of fact, the reason why they put braces on me at the age they did was because I had a hard time actually breathing through my nose, period, in general. So when I was in the end of second grade, they actually pulled all of my baby teeth that were remaining so my permanent teeth would come in so they could then start the process of braces. And I went through braces all the way until seventh grade. But in that time, they also removed a bunch of teeth. So I had four permanent teeth removed and they aligned my jaw to make it fit what I had room for. Now today, in most orthodontic practices, they will do a palate expansion on a child and actually use devices like an AGA device to actually encourage growth of the upper palate. So there literally is a device you put in the mouth that pushes out and forward to encourage growth of the nasal passages, the palate, which is the top of your mouth, to make room for the teeth that are already there. A, it gives you that beautiful Julia Roberts kind of smile. So, you know, that is going to be appealing, but it also opens up your ability to breathe, to eat, to chew and gives room for the tongue. So today, in most cases, we're doing the right thing dentally. But you know what? I'm over 50. That's not what we were doing back then. So we removed a lot of teeth. And in the same time, what they have to do is move your lower jaw, your mandible, back to align with the rest of the teeth to give you space to align your teeth so you don't end up with TMJ or, or bite problems. So that alignment causes the lower jawline to press back. So your jawline is going to be further back than what it was if you had enough space for all your teeth. So in my case, my jawline was pushed back. My palate was a little bit better. I can beat it a little bit through my nose, but not great. You know, and so my teeth were aligned and I had, you know, I had pretty white <laughs> straight teeth as a kid all the way through adulthood. But I always had sleep problems. You know, I, I was a typical kind of insomnia <laughs> is what I was told. Oh, that's just how you're wired. You just are an insomniac. But as I got older in my 20s, 30s, it still bothered me. But, you know, I had the resilience back then to really take it. And if I didn't sleep a lot, great. And when I was in IT and I happened to be on call all the time, I didn't really notice how much this was playing out because my phone rang in the middle of the night almost every day. Do you know what I really love to do while listening to my favorite podcast? Enjoy a great glass of wine. But finding a clean, natural wine isn't always easy. The FDA allows 76 different additives to be added to our wines. And that's why I drink dry farm wines. Dry farm wines are organic, biodiverse. They're vegan, sugar-free with less than one gram of sugar. 
They have a lower alcohol content, so they're friendly to keto and paleo and free of any toxic additives. And they actually have lower sulfite levels, less than 75 parts per million. So you can have a glass and feel okay and not guilty the next morning. So if you'd like to try out Dry Farm Wines, I invite you to do so. Go to dryfarmwines.com slash Betty Murray. And if you put in an order, they'll give you an extra bottle for a penny. And again, that site is dryfarmwines.com slash Betty Murray. So what was really happening is when I was sleeping, especially when you go into REM sleep, I was having these events where the airway was getting compressed to the extent that it was hitting the arousal centers of the brain. So let me explain what that really is. So as we go through our stages of sleep, so when you first fall asleep, we go into deep sleep, right? So that's, you drop deep into sleep, you're kind of out of it. We rotate in and out of these sleep segments about every 90 minutes. And we should have two sequences of deep sleep, right? So deep sleep is deeply restorative. That's where we actually start to catalog the memories of the day. So one of the things that I think is interesting is, you know, people will stay up and cram at night for a test the next day and they go to bed really, really late. And what they did was rob their ability to use deep sleep for memory. So deep sleep is when you remember what happened and what you had to remember for that day. So if you're not getting deep sleep, you're going to impair the memory. So deep sleep, you go in and out of that and you drop into light sleep and then come back out and come back in. Well, the next three sleep stages are where you go into REM sleep and light REM. So REM sleep is when our body is actually paralyzed. So when we go into REM sleep, our limbs, our entire body is paralyzed. And this is where we're doing deep restoration, particularly in the brain. And this is where we're cataloging and relating emotions and processing our emotions. So when we go into that paralysis during sleep, all of the muscles of the body relax a little bit. So if I have an airway, so think of it as like a, a little straw or pipe that goes from my nasal passages in my and my mouth down my throat, and it's relaxing, right? So it's relaxing its muscle tone. And my structure is smaller to begin with because I'm a woman possibly, or I'm just a smaller built person. That straw, let's say, that was normal size is now the size of a cocktail straw. And so what it does is it impairs the amount of air making it to the lungs, which impairs the amount of air going in, but it also hits the arousal centers of the brain. So that means that your brain is kind of having these moments like, what? What's going on? What? You may or may not wake up, but those arousers are constantly triggering the brain and it causes a, a lot of other things going on in the body too. So that arousal keeps occurring. So often what happens is REM sleep becomes fractured. And it can affect deep sleep too, but it is definitely greater in REM sleep when we go into that paralysis because those muscles, tone and those airway muscles are, are going to already be impaired a little bit. And as a woman, when you go through your 40s and you lose progesterone, we know that that tone of that airway is also impaired a little bit. We have this constant arousal to the brain. You may or may not have hypo or hyperapneic events. So you may not have times where you're desaturating or, or snoring loudly. One of the constants that we see in upper airway resistance is we see a, a longer and slower exhale than inhale. The first time I got my sleep study done, I actually had 42 arousals an hour. So imagine that 42 times an hour, there was this arousal state that was constantly stimulating my brain would have apneic events. I would I, not 
many, and mine are actually central sleep apnea. My brain for a moment forgets to sleep and forgets to breathe. I didn't really snore, but I had this constant sort of arousal. So I had a really hard time staying asleep. So by the time I hit my mid 40s, I'd wake up at one o'clock and I'd have, you know, hours of being awake. And so I would, I would frequently wake up. I was definitely struggling with my weight and I was exhausted. So the important thing to know here is that this is not going to be the person that's sputtering and wheezing and sounds like a freight train. They may not be making noise at all. Like I said, it often gets missed because no one says anything about their, their breathing problems or what's really going on. One of the other things that can happen on upper airway resistance is if you have changes to the anatomy of your, of your nasal passages. So do you have a deviated septum? Have you broken your nose? Is there anything going on in the nasal passages that might be impairing the ability to get airflow from breathing through your nose? Because the truth is, when you breathe through your nose, you actually engage these turbinates. So you engage these turbine-like actions inside the nasal passages that pulls the air deeper and allows for deeper breathing and, and a deeper oxygen saturation. So most of the time, these individuals will often open their mouths in the middle of the night to get more air. So structurally, what would you look for in, in somebody? So, you know, like I said, I have a very, if you've ever seen a picture of me, I have a very long, narrow face. I used to hate it because I have a gigantic forehead. And, and you know what? I just do. I have a long, narrow face. I have a long, narrow nose, a long chin. So often you're going to see that long face. You may see a chin that recedes back. So it, the chin may be not in alignment with the lip and nose line. It may be further back. And especially if you've had dental work, especially as a kid where they took out your teeth and they had to do a lot of rearranging because you didn't have enough room for your teeth as a child, there's a high likelihood that you had similar dental work to what I did that was affecting my ability to breathe. So what does somebody do if, if they believe this is what's going on? So the first thing is you have to have a sleep study. You know, we got to find out what's really happening. Now, the beautiful thing is, is a lot of companies, a lot of um, testing facilities actually have home study. And that's what we use in our clinic. We use a home study device that you wear at night that allows us to pick up the breathing, the heart rate, the arousals, the apneic events. And I, I like that for a couple different reasons. Number one, I, I don't believe you get a realistic sleep study by having somebody come into a sleep center because everything about the environment is different. And I would say, I'm speaking for myself and most of the women that I know, my sleep is radically different if I'm somewhere else because I'm not as comfortable. So I think having a sleep study done at home is much more valuable because you're eating the same foods, you're doing the same thing, you're have, you have the same bed, you have the same environment. So we prefer to use a um, home device. And usually it's worn over one to three days, depending on what we're looking for. Like I said, when we get the results back, we're going to see a thing called AHI, arousals per hour, and we'll see apneic events and other things. And if those numbers are very high, it's highly likely that there is an airway problem. Like I said, I did dental work. So I, I went back and I wanted to fix the problem. Many people do other things. Could you do a, a CPAP or a BiPAP or a, a breathing apparatus? Yes. But I can tell you the stats are pretty bad. Even with uh, obstructive sleep apnea, most people are, are a CPAP fail. Because it's uncomfortable, right, to wear. You're strapped up to an, an air device, and there are people that do it, but the majority of people aren't really excited about wearing that. But it is an option. So if you've been listening to my podcast, you know that 
hormones rule the roost, and it is impossible to feel great and feel optimized with hormones that are out of balance. But which hormones are out of balance? So to answer that question, I've created this quiz that takes about two minutes to do that will help you uncover your major dominant hormonal imbalance. And I'd love for you to take it. And once you do the quiz, you're actually going to receive your own personalized report with what you need to do based on your answers and results. So if you'd like to know how to get a handle on your hormonal imbalance, go to quiz.helpforhormonesquiz.com and you can take the quiz. And again, that address is quiz.helpforhormonesquiz.com. So what other things can people do if this happens to be what's going on? Many uh, orthodontists and actually sleep orthodontists and specialists, like the woman I go to, Dr. Becky Coates, can also design a bite guard that is designed specifically for how your jawline is out of alignment to pull it into alignment to open that airway more. So think of it as a very sophisticated bite guard that pulls the bottom jaw forward. You can also do that. I'm not very good at keeping those in. I'm, I actually take it out all night. So it's like a scary set of dentures sitting next to me <laughs> beside me on the bed because I don't like wearing them. And I really wanted to fix the underlying problem. So I chose to go through palate expansion with an AGA device for 18 months and then uh, braces to realign the teeth. So you may be asking, so how else can I see this? You know, how else may I be able to be diagnosed? So obviously the um, sleep study is very important, but one of the other ways you can look at it is a cone beam scan. So a cone beam scan is a, is a scan of your head. Many sophisticated dentists, particularly the ones that, that do this kind of work, have one in their office. And what it's gonna do is scan and show you the physical structure of the bones and soft tissues in your head, specifically around the airway nasal passages. And they're able to send it to a specialist radiologist that's going to look at it and tell you what's the likelihood of compression, particularly during sleep, especially if it shows compression while standing and breathing and awake. Like mine already showed a, a fair amount of compression just under normal circumstances. So it was highly likely that the next step is to look at the fact that it probably compresses pretty heavily at night. So a cone beam scan and then a sleep study is the best way to see it. So like I said, I chose to do total kind of dental reconstruction. And is it fun? No, it sucks to have braces on at 50. But I can tell you some very interesting things that I've noticed. So I wear an aura ring and I've worn, worn an aura ring for probably as long as it's been on the market. I was one of the first to, to get it. I just love gadgets. I love getting more data. And an aura ring tracks your sleep. And there's, you know, there's several other devices out there today. Is it perfect? No. Is it consistent in how it reads? Yes. It's often hard to tell what's really going on if you don't have any way to keep track of the data. So before I started doing this work, my deep sleep was minutes. You, you want as long as possible, ideally over an hour of deep sleep every night. And my REM sleep was extremely fractured also. So I might only get a total of an hour of REM sleep, which means that I wasn't getting restoration in my body. I was aging rapidly. And so once I started doing this work, within about a year, and that was that first time getting that palate expansion, my tongue, number one, fit in my mouth. So if you stick your tongue out just softly from your mouth and you look in the mirror and you see scalloping on the side of the tongue, sometimes that's a 
part of it is thyroid problems. The other part is your tongue doesn't fit in your mouth because you don't have enough room for it. So physically, the, the scalloping around my tongue was going away. The top of my roof of my mouth was actually expanding. It was wider. But I started seeing my deep sleep get better. So my deep sleep got deeper and longer. That was the first part. And for me, deep sleep, the next day, even if my sleep is a little bit fractured, it's, that makes a huge difference. So I was like, okay, I'm feeling better. Now that I'm almost three and a half years out, right around three years out, my deep sleep and REM sleep are in ideal ranges almost every night. Do I have stress and things like that that might mess up my sleep from time to time? Absolutely. But I'm actually sleeping all the way through the night. So here's the kicker. So I feel better. Metabolically, a big part of what we do in the Hormone Reset Program is restore proper sleep. And some of it is, you know, with our clients that we work with is identifying these things. But the other side is, is making sure everything else about sleep is great. Because if you aren't sleeping well, whether it's upper airway resistance or kids or dogs or whatever, or you've got apnea, you're not going to lose weight. Sleep apnea shortens your life more than smoking on average nine years. Smoking shortens your life by seven. So if you're having sleep problems because you can't get air, it's very hard to lose weight. It's very hard to reduce cardiovascular risk and other things because it does cause cardiovascular changes in, in heart rate, heart rhythm, and stress on the heart itself. So this is not just a, I want to sleep better. It's a quality of life and then long-term cardiovascular consequences. So if this is going on, you've got to get it fixed. You've got to, you've got to find a way to fix it. So what can you do? So I would say the first thing is, you know, talk to your providers, whether it's your primary care, and explain to them about your sleep problems and that you would like to have some additional sleep study testing. Now, again, if you're not somebody that has obstructive sleep apnea, they're going to come back and probably tell you that it looks completely normal. But what you're looking for is those arousals per hour. The other thing is you want to look for in your neighborhood or in your city, if there are dentists that work with upper airway resistance syndrome or, you know, orthodontists that also work with it because you can, you can actually have all that fixed. And in some places, like here we are in Dallas, there are companies that do the sleep study and the dental apparatus together because it's so, so important. And essentially that oral apparatus is going to move that lower mandibular bone, the jawline forward, allowing more space behind the tongue to increase the airway opportunity. Um, sometimes people will do surgical things too. Like, you know, they might do uh, uh, an obstructive surgery to tolerate therapies. You know, that's an opportunity too. But I would say most, most individuals use the, the dental device or choose to get dental work to fix it. So what happens if you don't work with this and don't fix it? We know you can have a lower quality of life, daytime symptoms from fatigue, insomnia, depressive mood. It's associated with anxiety, IBS, fibromyalgia, migraine. And if we look at it, it often eventually becomes obstructive sleep apnea. As you get older, as those muscles get weaker, as you gain weight, maybe because there's more weight around the neck, because neck circumference is a risk all on its own for obstructive sleep apnea. And it will be also for upper airway resistance. But it almost always eventually progresses to OSA, obstructive sleep apnea, at some point. If you let it go, we also have a greater risk of arterial hypertension. So what does that mean? Higher blood pressure in the arteries, right? Which we know is an individual risk factor for cardiovascular event, heart attack, stroke. So it, it's, it is a significant thing. 
So how did I know that it was getting better beyond my sleep? So one of the things that I love to do, you've heard me talk about, is I love cycling. And you know, there's been times in my life I did more or less of it. Well, I had stopped it you know, until COVID really, just because it was a time-consuming thing. I was in the middle of my PhD, so I didn't have a lot of free time to get out on the bike. But when COVID hit and I couldn't do anything else, I got back on my bike for the first time in a couple of years. And this is after I'd already started doing all of the adjustment to, to my teeth and, and the AGA device and the braces. And lo and behold, I get on my bike and I am almost two miles an hour faster than I was years ago. And so we're talking about, you know, maybe 10 years ago when I'm 10 years younger compared to now. And some of it is I flat out can breathe better just during normal everyday things, but even during exercise. So the other thing I think about, and it's, it was the sign of the times and, and the way that we treated, you know, basically bad teeth when I was a kid, I kind of feel like I was robbed from some of maybe my athletic capacity, um, definitely my sleep. Because what we did back then from a dental work standpoint, um, you know, yes, it aligned my teeth and made my teeth straight and, and normal looking, but it caused a lot of structural problems later on. So if you're a woman and you're maybe slight of build, if you feel like you have sleeping problems and, you know, you, you're not sure if you do or don't, I highly recommend getting this tested. And in some ways, you may want to start with a cone beam scan first because that's going to show you structural things. Because again, if you get a sleep doc that doesn't understand upper airway resistance and they're looking for just obstructive sleep apnea, you may get overlooked. But it, it is a huge problem. I can tell you almost every client I have that I think this is going on and I send them for referral, almost always there's something going on. And when we start getting it fixed, weight loss becomes easier blood pressure gets better, headaches, IBS, all these other things that are associated with it. So I hope you found this interesting and also helpful. And maybe it'll give you a little more insight into what may be fracturing your sleep. Thank you so much for tuning into this functional life. You are why I'm here and I am so very grateful. You're here for a reason. I celebrate your commitment to claiming your youthful energy and stepping into this next phase of life, feeling vibrant, healthy, and powerful. I am so proud of you. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life on our terms. If this episode helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at Betty Murray PhD. And if you want a chance to share your story with our tribe or find out more about working with my team, you can sign up at chatwithbetty.com slash podcast. Again, that's chatwithbetty.com slash podcast. See you next week. Bye-bye.